It's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we talk about District 1 and 2 athletics week in, week out across the the panhandle of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey. Let's bring on the big daddy himself, Ryan Skaggs. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Skaggs? Not much. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that track meet later um, or right now. I don't know how we're going to address that one, but thank you. Yeah, just a little bit of madness here in the uh, Skaggs household as we're entering wedding season. So, yeah, that's been uh, been fun. Yeah, big <laughs> week for Big Daddy up there. So no, we're, we're all right. You might be wondering what's what's with the Big Daddy stuff. Well, last week, Coeur d'Alene High hosted the Big Daddy track and field invite. Uh, but at the same time, this gives us a chance to plug your other podcast. You've got a podcast about fatherhood that you I do. Have. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't put out a lot of content in the last probably four months. We've just been so busy as dads. Um, but yeah, no, I do do another podcast that I run with one of my best friends, Tristan. Um, and we, we talk about all things fatherhood. It's kind of fun. So and it's yeah. called the Dadvocacy podcast. podcast. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like yeah. advocacy, but but with dads. So. But with dads, yeah. I mean, it's just a podcast for for. And it's funny is like we look at our listenership, and it's majority women. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Maybe they want to know what makes guys tick, and it's pretty easy. Is that you know we're we're simple creatures, in my opinion. But um, it, it, I think that men just don't get a lot of um, support, or they're not as willing to speak out about stuff. Um, and so it's a, it's an opportunity to address things from like mental health to, to men's health, to all sorts of stuff that you encounter. So yeah, it's a really interesting one. If you're a parent and you, you want to listen to something interesting, I think we have some great conversations in the podcast. Yeah. So uh, you can check that out wherever you download your podcast. You can also check out the North Idaho prep cast, uh, yes. wherever, you, wherever you download your podcasts, you can subscribe, uh, on Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, if you have an Android phone like I do, the uh, preferred app is called Podcast Addict, and you can uh, that's where I subscribe and download all of our uh, IdahoSports.com prep casts. Uh, you can also uh, listen on our website, IdahoSports.com. Right across the top of the homepage, you'll see on the navigation bar a tab called PrepCasts. From there, there's a drop-down menu. You click on North Idaho PrepCast. Boom, takes you right to the page with a little embedded player. You can play it there. Uh, also, uh, especially on this prep cast skags, we've talked about this before, but our YouTube numbers are like through the roof compared to the other regional, uh, podcasts we do. So we get a lot of people that tune in as well on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel. And if you're hanging out on the YouTube channel, if you could subscribe there as well, that will help us get it out to more people. It's the little bell icon. You hit that and then you're, you're automatically notified every time a new episode gets uploaded. So I mean, a lot it's of ways. Not- it's not fair. I mean, with us being so dev- devilishly handsome, you know, that our YouTube numbers are, of course, through the roof. But <laughs> That's right. Uh, and, you know, uh, video watchers only, little bonus, you get to see me with my glasses on today. I don't do that often, but, man, the contacts were not cooperating today. So it's, it's the way that goes. Uh, I'm, a, I'm one of those guys. Blame it on that, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'm one of those guys too that like you're supposed to go every year to get new contacts, but I just uh I I take a one year supply of contacts and I stretch it out into two. My glasses, I'll get like a new prescription of my glasses probably once every three or four years. It's probably not what I'm supposed to do, but it's kind of what I do. So yeah. Yeah. 
we're making we're making optometrists everywhere cringe with our right. eye care. Maybe uh, Doctor Clump down in Lewiston's listening. We'll see. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get into it then. Let's circle back to Big Daddy, the Big Daddy invite uh, hosted by Cordelaine last week. Um, it seems like every week we're getting new school records that are being established and then broken. This time it comes at Lakeland High School in the boys four by 100 meter relay. Best time, not just in 4A, but also the entire state. Yeah. You know, Thomas Calder, Nick Noel, uh, Terry Edwards and Weston Saputsky with a school record 43.18 in the four by one. And what was fairly cool conditions, too. I mean, that wasn't the best conditions for that meet last week. Uh, this week, we're going to see temps in the 70s in the Inland Northwest, which is going to be awesome. I mean, we're going to see some really warm temps. So hopefully these these times start really um, getting shaved off, which I think we could expect to see um, this record get broken a couple times. The way they're running with their exchanges and everything, I know that they're really high on this crew. Um, and they're they're creeping up on that 4 by 2 record as well. So um, this could be something really interesting brewing for the Hawks there. Uh, in track and field, they get maybe a couple state relay championships out of this crew. Yeah, and they've got speed to burn, that's for sure. Post Falls won the, the team title on the boys' side, which isn't a surprise. We talked about this last week, how we thought Post Falls had potential to go down to state and come away with a trophy. Uh, you know, the championship might be difficult, but but at least a top three finish is definitely in the cards for post falls on the boys side. Um, and, and they've got so many great athletes up and down the lineup, specifically, you know, in the shot put Trevor Miller won the shot put at the Big Daddy invite 51 feet, 10 and a half inches. But the story came from the guy who took second. And, and if you'll recall for the first like two, two and a half weeks of the season, the best shot put throw in the state belonged to Preston Jeffs of Lakeland and and he's yeah. since been surpassed by a couple of people but um at the Big Daddy meet Preston Jeffs takes second he throws the shot put 51 feet three and three quarters inches and that sets a new school record at Lakeland in the shot put yeah no that's a great job at Preston the big big talk out there you know throwing the throwing the weight around which um you know, he's, he's got potential to hit a, a podium finish at state. I mean, he's a couple feet off obviously of the leader Keenan Blair from Jerome, but um, you know, you get the right form and the right, you know, approach to, to heaving the weight around, um, you know, he's going to be right there for, for a possible podium finish at state for sure. Yeah. Right now for a shot put is looking like a three horse race with Preston and Keenan Blair from Jerome, who you mentioned, who is the current leader. And then also Tui Edwin from Skyline. Um, he yeah. has been the, the shot put champion the last couple of years. And what's what's the common theme with all four uh, or all three of those four guys? They all play football and they yep. all excel on the, on the offensive line. And yep. so um, that's going to be exciting to see unfold as we get closer to that. Um, we've spent a lot of time on the prep cast this spring talking about your 5A, 4A, 3A track and field athletes. This week, Ryan, you kind of dug deep into some of the smaller school um, yeah. that are standing out. I was wanting to look around. I was like, well, how's that 1A? Like, we haven't talked anything about, you know, District 1 and 2, 1A track. You know, and there's some kids that are quietly having some good good times turning out, like Kofi Apaya from, from Mullen. In the hundred, he's in the top four. Um, but the one that really stood out to me is kind of going through, and you like look at times in the hurdles. Brady Cox from Kamei, uh, with a 15.73 in the 110 hurdles, uh, leading you know the state in the small schools as far as times there. That's a great job for him, and um, you know, looking for a state championship in, in the 110 would be a, a big get for the Cubs. 
yeah, that's uh, pretty exciting for for Kamii. You know, it's been an interesting spring sports season at Kamii. Uh, usually, the last couple of years, the Cubs baseball program has been very strong. Um, they actually didn't have enough athletes out yeah. of the team this year, and so I think there's there's two or three Kamii guys that are playing with the Lewis County co-op of Nez Perce and Highland. Um, but but that's opened up, you know, more track slots potentially. Yeah. Well, the other one that, to look at is is Porter Whipple on the shot put from Kamii, fifty-one-one yeah. toss, and he's leading the state by five feet. I mean, <laughs> so that's uh, you know, a good a good toss by him, but like a good showing for the for the Cubs in, in track. They're obviously their teams have historically been fairly strong um, for for small school track, and you know they compete pretty well against some of the bigger schools. I know that Lewiston heads to their track meet and um, usually see some good times turned in there um, up the Colorado River. Yeah, so uh, it's good to see some of those uh, male athletes uh, do, doing uh, awesome uh, in the 1A ranks. Um, and then on the girls' side as well, you know, every yeah. every Thursday, and we, we will do this tomorrow, every Thursday we come out with a new um, tracking the field. It's our state track and field projections. I go through every Thursday morning, go through the leaderboards, score the meet. All right, if state happened today based on the leaders, here's how it would look. Here's the leader in each event. We do it 5A all the way down to 1A, boys and girls. Uh, it's a huge undertaking, but we do it every Thursday, and we're recording this on Wednesday, April 26th. Um, I did want to give one more shout-out on the boys' side real quick. Um, S- Simone Tuikalavatu from Timberline. He is uh, – he is – a, I believe he's a transfer student. We had we had the story at state basketball because Timberline uh, from Weipe made it to state, um, but I believe he's either a, a foreign exchange student or he moved to Timberline. Um, but he has the best high jump mark in one A at six foot four as well. That's he is overtaking pretty, pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah, that's that, I mean that's legit. I mean that's what Trenton McLean of Post Falls has cleared, right? And that was yeah. the five A standard standard for a long time. So we wanted to give a shout out to him as well. And I probably butchered that name and the story. Um I, I'll check in with Gary Jones, our one A broadcaster. I know he had the the story and I'll come back next week with a better <laughs> with a better tale. A better answer. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll, t- I'll check in with old Gary. Um okay. On the girls' side, when you look at the one A, um, obviously, There's, yeah, the, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the, the the story is Logos. Yep, um, I was going to say, and um, and a single individual that's not only dominating <laughs> the shorter distance runs, but the long distance too. Yes, so Sarah Casebold, a junior from Logos, has the best time in the mile and the two mile in the one A ranks. She also has the best time in the 400 meter dash and the second best time in the 800 meter run. <laughs> that would be, I don't know you know, I've never seen that. That's a quite the, uh, yeah. I mean, she's definitely well-rounded as far as athletic skill and, uh, with a shorter distance or the longer distance. That's incredible. Yeah. Cause it's usually one or the other, right? Usually you're good at the distance races and, and okay at the, the sprints or, or it's, you're good at the sprints and, so so at the distance, but to see such a wide portfolio from the four, because the four hundred and the and the thirty two hundred are two vastly different races, vastly <laughs> different races. <laughs> to, to see Sarah Casebold uh, excel so much, you know, she went to state and did all these events. Um, you know, you're looking at 
38 points just from Sarah Casebolt. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, that she's also a member of that four by four team too, that, you know, has the top time in the state in one A's as well. So, you know, there's another bit of points there that you could link to, to her uh, having a hand in as well. Yeah. And, and of course, when you get to state um, there's, yeah. there's limitations on yeah. how many events you events can do. You can do yeah. I think it's, four four i'm pretty sure it's four you're limited to four so, so i gotta double check that but because she's um, also on their four by eight team that has the top time in the state as well so yeah. right and that's and that's the one part of the tracking the field that i can't really quantify because it's like well how do you how do you choose yeah. which, which of the six events for sarah case ball well, is she gonna got, actually you know only the second time in the 800 so we're gonna go ahead and pull her from that event <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so, but it's not just case bold, right? Logos as a team, um, has some really good distance runners. Uh, Mary Killeen, uh, is just a sophomore. You've got senior Cora Johnson, sophomore Lizzie Crawford. Um, so they've, they've got potential to really pile up points, especially in those distance races. Alyssa Bloom is a junior. That's really good. Um, and so for Logos, you know, they have potential to go to state and I think compete for the 1A championship. Now, Raft River is going to be tough to overcome, right? Raft River yeah. is very deep and talented, but Logos will be right there, I think. Prairie, I think, is going to be in the mix, too. I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily going to have enough firepower, firepower to finish on top, obviously, but I think that they're going to be in the mix. Um Based just on the like the field events. I mean, you look at you know freshman Sage Elvin leading in the discus. Um, you know, the other day she threw one twenty three. Even I mean, so she's got the top time there in the disc. That's pretty dang good for a freshman. Um, and they got another freshman, Sydney Shears, in the high jump. Um, she's got the second highest jump in the state. So, um, you know, there's there's potential there for the Pirates as well to finish pretty well because they're they're in a couple of the. Uh, other events in like the four by two relay, they got second best time in the four by one. Um, you know, in the sprint events, they've been pretty competitive. I mean, look at Kristen Wemhoff. You know, we've talked about her a ton on the sprint with basketball, but um, she's not too shabby on the track either. Right. Yeah, especially in those short sprints, the one and the two, you're you're looking at a potential state <laughs> champion, state champion there in in uh, Kristen Wemhoff. So yeah, we wanted to give some of our one A track athletes some love and. Uh, I, I really do think, you know, in terms of teams coming from North Idaho, competing for championships, I, I really think, you know, you go 5A all the way down to 1A, boys and girls. I really do think Logos girls have the best yeah. chance of actually coming home with a state championship trophy. I would totally agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll, we'll yeah. keep an eye on that as the season progresses for sure. Uh, let's switch to baseball. Uh, so every week we do our... Uh, our heavy hitters and our primetime pitchers. Every Monday, it's heavy hitters, the nine best hitting performances from the past week, baseball and softball. Tuesday is our primetime pitchers spot. Um, and I'll tell you, Skaggs, I've already got <laughs> we're, we're on Wednesday. We're not even halfway through the week. I already have three of the five slots filled on the primetime pitchers list, all from North Idaho, all from District 2, all yeah. from Tuesday night's level of competition. So let's. Let's start with the the most impressive, and then we'll go to the least impressive. Sure. And this is all, I mean, they're all amazing. So, you know, least impressive is, you know, pejorative. But uh, Levi Anderson from Moscow last night. Moscow's playing Sandpoint in a double dip. 
um, and they get a win in game one, two to nothing. This was a huge breakthrough win for Moscow because we've been talking yeah. about for weeks that we think Sandpoint is still kind of the team to beat in the 4A IEL. Um, in that contest, a single walk, the only blemish on Anderson's resume. Um, his final stat line in that 2 nothing win, he pitches seven innings with no hits allowed, just the one walk, no runs, obviously, and 10 strikeouts. That's a, a dominant performance, man. Holy cow. What a job by Levi Anderson from Moscow. Yeah, throwing a no-no. And and then against a decent lineup for Sandpoint, I mean, they have guys in that lineup that can hit pretty well. I mean, you look at, like, Jack Zimmerman. You know, some of the other players that are in that lineup have a pretty good record as far as, you know, plate appearances. But to do that in a league game is just – that's flat dominant. And, uh, you know, hats off. That's a that's a great, great game um, out of their, their, their pitcher. That's, that's an awesome job. Yeah, pretty pretty phenomenal stuff there. And, and Moscow, you know – ends up you know in the second game against sandpoint as well uh my computer's glitching sorry about that uh the the set the second game was just as tight sandpoint wins it by a score of two to one in extra innings went to the eighth inning and the bulldogs walked it off (laughs) so two very tight iel contests last i think we we talked about that a little bit as we did our season preview and i was like you know watch out for this bears team i mean like they're kind of a ragtag bunch, but there there's a lot of youth in that lineup. But there's talent there, and I think that that's starting to show up um, later in the year. Obviously, we saw them take a few lumps early on in the season, but um, they've been in close ball games with 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 the better teams in the IEL. Um, so I'd really look at Moscow, and I'm like, you know, I wouldn't say that Sandpoint's necessarily going to walk away with a league championship or a district title um, easily, because I think Moscow's definitely going to challenge. Well, when you look at the current IEL standings, Ryan, at the 4A, Sandpoint three and <laughs> Sandpoint three and nine, Lakeland three and nine, Moscow two and nine. So in terms yeah. of the loss column, they're all tied. And you might be going, geez, those are some pretty awful records. But you have to remember they have to play these games against the 5A IEL teams that count for the conference standings. Yeah. Um, and so they've just been getting beat up by the 5As. Now it's gonna crush whoever wins the North at yeah. state for the max preps. Um, but I don't know. I don't know who wins this thing, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a coin flip. It really is. I think who comes up hot in the last two weeks of the season really is the one that walks away with it. And right now, I mean, you're looking at, it's like Moscow's starting to like, you know, stretch up a little bit and, and step up the plate. And, you know, if they can get that, you know, right pitcher on the mound on the right day, like that's, that's, you know, going to bode well at least for the chances of getting to state but if you look at the overall roster i still like sandpoint but um yeah no it's going to be interesting mix yeah and whoever wins the regular season title gets a leg up right because they don't have to compete in that first play-in game so that that's huge really big big. and then you look at the five and it's like up is down and down is up and you just don't know what to make heads or tails of the situation right now just based on it's so tight it's been interesting so yeah, you know, the IEL is a, a wacky league this year. Yeah, Lake City was kind of the lead team there. And then um, after last night, they played Post Falls. And they – so they've played <laughs> – Lake City's last four games have been all against Post Falls. They played twice on Saturday. Post Falls <laughs> won 8-1 – or excuse me, Lake City won 8-1 to one and 5-3. to three. 
Then they played him again on Tuesday. This is like a like a postseason series here. We the series yeah. shifted back to Lake City, and they lost to Post Falls last night, three to two, before picking up a six to three win. So they win the season series, take three of four. Uh, all that's left for Lake City in the regular season now is a doubleheader at Coeur d'Alene High. And when you look at the standings, there's still a chance. Lake City's 15 and one in league. Coeur d'Alene is 11 and three. If the Vikings earn the sweep there, they could force a tie for the regular season IEL title. Yeah, which, I mean, I think for Coeur d'Alene, you'd take that if you're looking at how the season kind of started for the Vikings. You know, down the stretch, they've been able to play very well. Um, you know, with an 11 and three league record, I think is very, you know, impressive. I think for the balance of the conference, you look at how it's been. There's Post Falls and Lewiston are both pretty good ball clubs. Um, and they're having their own struggles. So it's like you look at Lewiston, it's like at six and eight. And you're like, how in the world are the Bengals last in the 5A IEL um, with that lineup? And that just talks about the balance and the, the, this league is super competitive. All four teams are good clubs. Um, but the Vikings, you know, the chances of getting to state, and I think they could get there and maybe win a game or two even. Um, but that I like Lake City, man. That team is just fun to watch. They can, you know, blast the 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 cover off the ball. Um, they hit really well, but they've been getting crazy good pitching, really good pitching, and really especially their fielding percentages through the roof. Um, you know, so like that's gonna bode well if you get to the postseason for the T Wolves. Like you play some good small ball. Then you can knock a couple out, or at least get some big run, get base runners, and then you get a couple of clutch hits. You know, that's going to bode really well for you uh, come postseason baseball time. Yeah. So the the Inland Empire League is kind of like in Major League Baseball, the American League East, where every single team is over 500. I'm 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 a big Boston Red Sox fan. Uh, I don't know if people knew that or not, but I t- I tune in uh, pretty much every day and. The, the Red Sox weren't expected to be great this year, but they keep finding ways to win. And I'm like, all right, hey, they're 13 and 12. They have a winning record. That's great. Where are we at in the standings? Oh, last place. <laughs> Even though they're 13 and 12. Like yeah. the, the the division is so good that, um, you know, somebody's got to take last. And currently uh, that is Lewiston. So we will see how they rebound there. Okay, let's get back to our good pitchers from Tuesday night. We kind of diverted to the 5A ranks. Um, so we had, we had three awesome pitching performances last night. Uh, Levi Anderson for Moscow kind of gets the, the, the three stars for only allowing a walk. Our next guy allowed a walk and a hit. So the horror, you know, he allowed two base runners drew Hannah from Orofino Orofino's playing Grangeville last night. They get a seven, nothing shutout win in the victory. Hannah goes the distance, seven innings, one hit, one walk. And he had eight strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, you look at that that CIL, like, Grangeville's quietly been having a really good year um, for, I think, what they were expected to be. Uh, we knew Orfino was going to be pretty darn good coming into the season, and they've, they've, I think, met those expectations. You know, they're currently top five in the polls, but, um, yeah, no, that, that Orfino lineup, their pitching is, is stellar. Um, you know, they're going to be able to host state baseball, um, I think plays into their hands as well. So, um, you know, the maniacs find their way into the state tournament. They're going to be a dangerous, dangerous team that I don't think anybody there, even if you're looking at like Nampa Christian and Firth or Wendell, how your top three, um, you know, nobody wants to face the maniacs. Absolutely. I mean, that lineup is, it can light you up in a hurry. Yeah. Look out is all I can say there. Um, and then our third impressive pitching performance of the night 
we this was just a really good game overall. It was in the White Pine League at the 1A level. You had Potlatch taking on Troy. And Potlatch is kind of, you know, they've had they had a little turbulence early in the season, but they've kind of kind of figured things out a little bit and so yeah through through seven innings last night skags we're scoreless both pitchers just you know throwing darts uh dominic holden started on the mountain for troy went seven innings um he was his usual great self 16 strikeouts against just two walks for holden and he only allowed a single hit um but at the same time Jackson Vowels for Potlatch, even though he didn't quite match Holden's gaudy strikeout total, <laughs> he pitched seven in a third innings and only allowed one run, and he had seven strikeouts. So, yeah. so what happens is, is we're tied at zeros. We go to extra innings. We go to the eighth inning, and pitching for Potlatch still is Jackson Vowels, and he gives he gives up a run. He finally gives up uh, an RBI single by Dominic Holden. So Holden, you know, not only pitched great, but he he drove in the one run for uh, Troy. Joseph Bendel uh, score. Excuse me, it's the other way uh, around here. So Bendel drove in Holden. But anyways, one nothing lead at that point. They pull vowels. He had reached his pit pitch limit. They bring in a freshman, Jamison Morris, with a base runner on, and basically <laughs> tell tell this kid like, hey. We need to limit the damage here to one run. And he gets out of the jam, pitches two thirds yeah. of, uh, of a scoreless inning with a strikeout. So big, big time performance from the freshman Jamison Morris getting out of the jam. So it's one nothing Troy going to the bottom of the eighth. And Dominic Holden has reached his pitch limit. So Troy calls on Eli Stoner out of the bullpen. And wouldn't you know it, Potlatch scores not once, but twice to walk it off and win an extra innings to to one the heroes were tyson chambers who came around to score waylon marshall's scored the other run and it was josh biltonin who who knocked him in so uh potlatch wins two to one and extras what a fantastic white pine game this was no that's a great game and you look at like the win-loss record for for the loggers i mean in their losses on the season, I mean, with the exception, take out the Colfax game because Colfax in Washington, if you haven't watched Washington baseball, that team's really, really good. Um, but Polich, I mean, all their losses are one run games. Um, you know, they lost six, 17 to 16 to Prairie. Um, it at the beginning of the season, they lost three to two to Clearwater Valley, who's leading the, the conference. You know, I mean, so it's you look at what they're able to do. This team is dangerous and they're kind of lingering, just hanging out. Um, I think they're kind of a giant in waiting. They've had a you know a couple. Well, they had the one game against St. Mary's that was postponed. They made it up and ended up beating the the Lumberjacks. But you know the stretch that they've got coming up. They've got Lapway in a Twinville today. Um, they've got Clearwater Valley tomorrow. They go back to Troy or they play Troy at home on Monday, and then they've got a doubleheader against Kendrick and a doubleheader against Lewis County. That's a murderer's row to round out the year. So I think we're really going to see what this, this logger team is made of the way they've been playing though. I mean, gosh, it's, you know, it'd be interesting how this, how some of these guys can go on short rest. Um, Cause there's not a lot of time between some of these games with what the way things are going, you know, playing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, how deep is that, that bullpen of arms by the time you reach Clearwater Valley on tomorrow, that's going to be a really interesting game with a two day rest. If they're able to, um, you know, throw any of their starters that played yesterday against Troy. So, but they've been able to, to get clutch hits in, in big time, you know, run 
you know, production. So we'll see what they can do, but yeah. Yeah. This league, I mean, Clearwater Valley eight, no. And then there's just a glob of teams that are all within a game of each other in the lost column. Prairie six yeah. and three, Kendrick and Troy five and three potlatch three and three Lewis County two and two. Yeah. Lewis County might be the big wild card. They've really backloaded the end of their schedule. And, well, they had a long, yeah, and it's not their fault because of weather early in the season, but, man, right. they're going to have to do it the hard way as far as figuring out how to get some wins and, you know, playing a lot of doubleheaders. I think they're not going to do it the easy way, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, just looking at what's, what's coming for the Eagles here. Uh, two games with Kendrick on Saturday the 22nd, two with Prairie on the 25th, Two with Lapway on the 28th, two with Clearwater Valley on the 4th, and two with Potlatch to wrap up the year on the 6th. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten league games here over the next uh, roughly two weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy. <laughs> okay. That's a stretch. So, uh, yeah. So anyways, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, softball, we did want to touch on real quick. The big matchup we were all, you know, looking forward to was um, the, the non-conference battle between Potlatch and St. Mary's. Both could contend for state championships at their respective levels. St. Mary's at the 2A and... Um, potlatch at the 1a mm-hmm. this was a game that was uh last friday in saint mary's and it was a two nothing win for the lumberjacks yeah which i mean i think we all kind of thought that, that saint mary's was going to be able to to eke out a win but um it was how competitive was potlatch going to make this and i think they really showed their moxie in that game goes holding it to two runs um, but a, a pitcher's duel of sorts in that game. And obviously we know about Tacey Watkins and what she can do with the microscopic ERA. Um, you can't have her in the, the primetime pitchers every single week, but you could just name the award after her uh, because of what she's able to do week in and week out for, for the Lumberjacks. But um, same areas, I mean, you look at both these teams, I think they're going to make deep, deep runs come the state tournament. Um, and uh, I think they could both – potentially walk away with 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 titles i really do see them um both being right there in the mix in their respective uh classifications yeah it's it's gonna be uh really exciting to see and then you know following up that non-conference win over potlatch um they turn around and play orofino in a doubleheader on saturday and the maniacs steal one three to two Mm -hmm. in the first game and then saint mary's was like oh that's how this is going to be. And then St. Mary's won 13 to four in the, in the yeah. second game, but good on Orofino. Like, yeah. Orofino coming in and stealing a game and splitting that, that double header is a, is a big win for the maniacs and, you know, a team that can get offensive run production. Um, you know, are they going to be able to get the consistency on the, on the mound and on the bump? You know, it's going to be uh, interesting to see that they can make things interesting come district tournament time though. But um, I think that, you know, it's St. Mary's conference to win, obviously. Uh, but Orfino can can push a little bit and make things, you know, add a little drama to the situation. Sure. So uh, that's kind of what's been happening lately. Let's talk about what's coming up because there's some big events on the horizon um, coming up this this week. Uh, and yeah. specifically tomorrow, we've got golf skags. Um, the Kellogg Wildcats golf team uh I, I don't want to get any of this wrong, so I'm going to pull up the, the social media post they had. Okay, they said, what do you do when your schedule is already different from previous years and the weather isn't cooperating much of it all? 
you improvise and collaborate. This Thursday, April 27th, that's tomorrow as we're recording this, uh, Kellogg Golf will be collaborating with Silver Mountain and Galena Ridge Golf Course to host the first ever high school golf match at Galena Ridge. Um, it's going to be St. Mary's, Wallace, Bonners Ferry, Timberlake, and Kellogg. Shotgun start, 10 a.m., 18 holes. And this is, this is, we were talking this, off air before we came on. This is a breathtaking, beautiful golf course. Oh, I'm telling you, it's the best. It's the nicest, least known course in the state of Idaho. Like, it's a nine-hole course. They're working on getting the expansion there. Um, I was just looking at the weather for tomorrow. You're going to be in the mid to upper 60s. Um, I mean, that's a gorgeous place to play. If you guys haven't seen or looked up Galena Ridge, it is it is a beautiful course. Um, it's pretty difficult too, but it's a it's a great great little course, and they're making it into something that's going to be a destination course in my mind. Um, that what a cool opportunity for these kids to get to play that level of a course. I think in the high school season is going to be super neat to see and um, just breathtaking views from every tee box and the difficulty level. Obviously, we talked about, but it plays um, you know it plays a little long on some holes, so it'll be interesting to see like you know how some of these kids can can handle having to hit over, you know, um, big bunkers and, you know, have to span from one ridge top to another and, you know, play wind as it's coming down draws. And it's going to be, uh, it'll be a challenging course. Could see scores up a little bit, but at the same time, I mean, what an awesome experience for a high school kid. And I'm, I'm jealous slightly. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be a really exciting match. That's on Thursday. Um, and so we'll keep an eye out to see, um who wins that there i know sammy sent from saint mary's on the girls side has been on fire this yep. golf season so um okay and then uh tennis is coming to north idaho this weekend yeah i mean there's a there's a lot of big you know we talk we don't talk about tennis too much but um you know i know that the inland empire invites in spokane this weekend and um you know that's a, a huge tournament I mean, you'll have probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 schools represented. They play at 11 different sites around Spokane, um, you know, from mixed doubles to singles to doubles. And there's different levels you can be in. Um, they Each site has their own individual tournament, and it's like a 32-person bracket. Um, but the cool part is, is that, you know, making it to Saturday is a big deal. I mean, if you're if you're playing on Saturday in that event, um, regardless of if it's in the championship bracket or in the consolations, you know, they kind of split them up and you'll go to like Mount Spokane or Mead High School or, um, you know, in the past they've done that and they've had people out in the valley and stuff too. But um, that's a big time event and it's a headache for a coach because you have to try to be 11 places at one time. Um, but you talk about competitive tennis, it's probably the premier event in the Northwest. And uh it is a it's a really 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 neat thing to see and the the weather's going to be unbelievable we're looking at like low 70s sunshine on uh friday and saturday so it's sunburn weather and uh you know it's going to be uh, i know they've been waiting all season for finally to have like no snow show up during an event and so you're going to see it now and i would expect to see you know teams like Lane, sandpoint to have some kids that play pretty darn well and and they represent very well um this weekend and I feel like Lewiston and Moscow are always yes. right there too in, golf, in yeah. uh, tennis. So, yeah, should be an exciting time. And I, I misspoke. It's in Spokane, but it's yeah. in the region this weekend. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be really exciting. And we'll we'll see who stands out from that. And we'll we'll come back next week and 
update you on all the biggest stories again from North Idaho. Skaggs, good luck with the wedding planning. <laughs> Thanks. We got a venue and a photographer, so at least we'll have uh, pretty pictures and have somewhere to at least do our nuptials. So hey, you, you get food figured out. That's really the big the big three, right? Venue, <laughs> yeah, right. photos, food. You're good. Yeah, and then you then the honeymoon, obviously. But yeah, so yeah. Uh, we got that figured out too, which is good. So the the planning short short amount of time and a, a lot's been done, so it's been good. You know, uh, as much of a following as we have from Bonner's Ferry here on the uh, the Prepcast, they they really enjoy your work, Ryan. I bet you could get like the keys to the city if you went there for your honeymoon. They just <laughs> here you go, have the run of the town. <laughs> they want to throw some freebies my way. I'd be more than willing to accept. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing like that says wedding destination like Bonner's Ferry, Idaho. Yeah. Uh, no, it is beautiful there, though. Like that is I, I talked about it during football and ranted and raved. It was the coolest environment I was at all season last year was Bonner's Ferry. Like they talk about a cool town that just loves their kids and the athletics. They did. They do it right up there. It's it's a really fun experience. Yeah, and that's why we love doing this every week, breaking down the biggest stories from North Idaho, shining the spotlight on teams and players that deserve it. And so uh, we'll be back again to do it all next week. Uh, until then, for Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in to the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.